It's time to trust us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. You ready for fantasy football weekend? No. No, not at all. No. I feel like you, like this might be your worst year ever. I have no idea how you're doing. I guess I could look in the two leagues we're in. I think you're probably doing okay. Are you doing okay? I'm doing well in our leagues. Yes. How, is that, how is that even possible? I, um, we talk fantasy football every week with Dustin DeHart. And Dustin's on with us from Nova Home Loans. Dustin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Um, I know you're heading out of town soon, so we appreciate uh, soon. So we appreciate you coming in here. But I, I definitely – I wanted you on today. We want to talk a little fantasy football. But what you did yesterday – I thought was amazing. And I want you to tell people uh, what went down, how it went down. And, and I'm, I assume you had a great time. We did. It was a, it was a great night for our branch, Steve. And, and I appreciate uh, you letting me talk about it. Yeah. So look, you know, the last two years in the mortgage industry, it's just, it's been insanely busy. Uh, and we've, you know, the profits have been through the roof. And the good thing about Nova Home Loans, you know, they don't pocket all that money. Um, you know, one of our core values is to give back to the community and, you know, and they give it a lot of money for marketing. And, you know, I decided to take a hundred thousand of it and donate it to the folded flag foundation, which, uh, Bill Foley owns, who happens to own the golden Knights. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a great night. Look, it was you know, veterans day. Uh, you know, and you know, we got announced on the loudspeaker, went up to the fortress and anybody that's been to a Knights game knows where that's at. And, you know, handed that $100,000 check to them, and it was just, it was awesome, man. You know, and just, look, I was told that that money is going to give six kids scholarships and their parents uh, passed away, died in combat, fighting for our country. So just a phenomenal cause. It was a great night. Look, man, I'll tell you, it was a crazy story real quick. Uh, One of my video tech guys was, uh, they were filming it, and he went out to one of the concourses, and I was just, uh, charging his phone and he had an Arizona Cardinals hat on because we're based out of Arizona and some guy just started talking about hockey and he goes hey by the way are you got you with the Nova guys and he you know he said yeah and basically he he researched us after he heard that found out we we're from Arizona just put two and two together because he had a Cardinals hat on and said yeah. you know thank us for doing that and said man he goes you're getting my business I'm looking to buy a house soon so just a, it was an awesome night just unbelievable well, good for you. Were, you 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 deserve it. Good, Adam. Were you nervous up there? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, not so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're kind of out. And, you know, no one can really see Adam. So, you know, they it, it was it was quick though. It was almost like you're in a Broadway show. You know, you got all these people with walkie talkies and like it's boom, 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 boom. You got to do this, and you know they're telling you where to go. And the next thing you know, you're you're they're announcing your name on the loudspeaker, and you're taking a picture with Bill Foley and everybody else. So yeah, I was a little nervous, but not you know it happened so quick you can't even be that nervous. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, because I heard them announce your name, and I was all excited, and I I started to <laughs> yeah. take photos, and like everybody is smiling. It's a great moment, and you're up there like you're terrified. <laughs> I know. I did see my. I did look kind of stupid. I know. I look. Uh, I have a face for radio. That's for sure. I, yeah. I, I did look. I did look like I was a little terrified, but I wasn't. I swear to God, Adam, I wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. It was how a to great. Smile. It was a, I don't know what's it was a great moment. Me. I was. I was very. Uh, it was very. You know, cool thing that you guys did, and cool to see. Yeah, it's cool to see you up there, man. I appreciate it, brother. That's awesome. Folded flagfoundation.org they're they're doing a march to uh, a million and in this case they're uh, they're trying to reach a million dollars that'll go directly to uh, providing scholarships for gold star recipients so uh, that'll go for the 2022 23 years so anyone out there uh, who wants to contribute like uh, Dustin did and obviously 
you know, not everyone has 100K to do so, which is incredibly generous, but still go up to foldedflagfoundation.org. So a couple of fantasy topics. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to take this one up because uh, I, I'm interested because I did it. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think of picking up Derrick Henry with the shot? Because a lot of people released him like I my teams are pretty decent. I picked him up. I'm like, I'm going to keep him. And I don't know if there's a miracle. Maybe he comes back in week 14 or 15. Well, I think I know what Adam will say. It kind of depends on your team. You know what I mean? Like, if you need to win now and you need that bench spot to help you win, yeah, I'd probably pass. But, you know, if you don't need that bench spot and you're probably coasting in the playoffs, like, why not? Like, that guy could push you to the Super Bowl. Is that what you think, Adam? Yeah, for sure. I think that's absolutely great advice. And, and I would also say, if your league has an IR spot, absolutely you do it. Oh, Dro- yeah, drop them sure. on the IR if spot. If it did, then if they dropped them, they're retarded. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. So I, I think uh, I think that's a um, you know th- that's a benefit to have if you have one of those spots to, to stash a guy like that. That's why you have IR spots on your roster. Yeah. You know, average guys on my bench is hoping one of them steps up. Uh, I don't really have roster spots for a guy like Derek Henry in those situations. But when you do, uh, there's there's worse lottery tickets out there. I mean, Steve, what's your gut feeling? You think he will come back for the fantasy playoffs? I have a couple of teams that are in first place and I, my teams aren't mm-hmm. that good. I've been lucky. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hold a spot for him. If he comes back, then maybe I actually get something from him and I can win. Cause I, I don't think I can win without another like mega star on my team. My team's just, I've been, I'll, I'll admit uh, I've been lucky. I wanted to ask you, what do you, if you owned Cooper cup, like mm-hmm. you're not going to dump him, but do you look to trade him because maybe Beckham comes in and cuts into his action? Uh, well, I, I don't think Cup, I mean, just because Cup's gone, I mean, just he's been an, an awesome this year. Right? Like, I don't I don't think he'll really cut too much in his production. I mean, maybe more little Robert Woods, but I think, like, Van Jefferson, like, I mean, if you have him, I think he's kind of toast. But, you know, I mean, if you have Cup, I, w- I wouldn't trade him. I mean, he's been the best fantasy receiver all year long. I don't think, I mean, I'm just yeah. not an OBJ guy. I don't think he's going to come in and do that well, but think he's kind of lost it but i don't know what do you think adam no you're right it's, it's the van jefferson role and the the rams are more than any other team run the same formation in every single play and we know exactly <laughs> what the role is going right. to be it's going to be the van jefferson role he's it's 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 one uh you know it's one back one tight end and three receivers yeah. and that's how they're going to run it so uh, it's going to be him running those van jefferson plays and if you have van jefferson i'd let him go but otherwise i think it's the same offense yeah, puzzling place for him to go. I would have never guessed the Rams. Weird. Uh, you are headed up to Mount Charleston. Are you coming back down for the game on Sunday? I am, yeah. So we're, we're going up there tonight, and then uh, Sunday we'll head back to, to home in Green Valley and then uh, head up to the game. Looking, It's going to be an awesome game. Can't wait for that. We say. need to win this game. I think this game really – I mean, I, I get it. I mean, we lose this game. We're not out of the playoff race. But I, I think if we win this, it really sets the tone for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? We, we've got past yeah. these distractions and – you know, we beat the Chiefs, and it's a, it's a, you know, we need to win this game, in my opinion. Dustin, have a great weekend, and again, uh, really good stuff. Giving a uh, hundred thousand dollars to the Folded Flag Foundation, that was really cool. We'll talk to you. All right, guys. See you next week. There he is, Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans. Yeah, we'll be in the Nova Home Loan Studio uh, next week for Cofield and Company. Coming up, we're gonna get into our weekly spot with Stanford Route, the uh, former Oakland Raider, also played for the Chiefs. We're gonna see where his allegiance lies. 
Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. They're rolling on on this Friday as we get ready for the big Sunday night football game with the uh, Chiefs and Raiders. Big football weekend, too. Uh, earlier in the weekend on Saturday, UNLV is taking on Hawaii. Uh, we talked to Stanford Route every week. I had a chance to catch up with Stanford just before the show. He's a busy guy, and we started off the conversation going back to Thursday night football. And, man, we were talking about the Ravens. Uh, this is on yesterday's show, being the best team in the AFC. I guess not. Right now, I would go with the Tennessee Titans, not because the Tennessee Titans have the most talented players, but when you look across the board, the Tennessee Titans don't have a glaring weakness. You look at everybody else, you look at the Buffalo Bills, who I probably would have gone and said they were the best team up until about two weeks ago. They lose to the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football, and then they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they don't even score a touchdown. Only six points, so I would go with the Tennessee Titans because they don't have any glaring weaknesses. They are solid all across the board, and this is without Derrick Henry. They smoke the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football. Stanford route Raiders Insider is here with us on a Friday on Cofield and Company. Um, I'm sorry, man. Last night also produced one of the funniest things we've ever seen. Uh, I oh, know, yeah. I know. O lineman, you know, big fellow wants to get a touchdown, but basically just stealing the screen pass away from Miles Gaskin and then making the, the I don't know what that was, the Lambeau leap into the end zone. That was friggin' awesome. I wish it was allowed. Yes, I do, and I say this because it when you really watch it in in full speed, it almost kind of looks like he did steal away. Yeah. But when you really look at the slow mo, when they slow it all the way down, you can see number one, it was a bad pass by Tua. That's number one, and. The ball just simply was coming towards him, and it's just like this. Steve, if I throw a pass at you right now, your natural instincts (laughs) are going to be to what? Catch the ball. Not knock it to the ground, yeah. Exactly. So he just simply caught the ball, and the part that I love the most, and this is how you know, at some point in time in his past life, he played fullback, he played tight end, because he caught the ball cleanly. As soon as he caught it, he knew turn up field. Let me go ahead and make a few moves. And then he sees the DB going low, and yet he still dives over him and has the wherewithal to make sure that the ball breaks the plane. Because that would have been a touchdown if it would have been a legal touching by the offensive lineman and that hadn't been called. I loved that because it shows athleticism on his part. And you can clearly see in his former life, that kid somehow, some way played fullback, tight end, maybe even running back. I don't know. I don't know how, how big he was back in Little League. Right. But he definitely has ball control. He definitely has offensive mindset in his former years, and he displayed it right there. It's just a shame it was illegal. Yeah, Robert Hunt, 6'6", 327 now. Uh, actually went to high school in Fort Worth and uh, did play basketball. I don't know if he played multiple positions in football. Like you said, he probably did, but he actually was he was mobile enough to play hoops. So he he looked like a really good athlete. That was a that was a fun play. Oh, All right. it was. So right now, Stanford, uh, Pat Mahomes isn't having the fun that he did the last couple of years. What has the league done across the board to stymie Mahomes' excellence? 
I think the main thing is that, number one, the Las Vegas Raiders, in my opinion, created the blueprint last year, but because it happened in week five, they won an arrowhead. It was just a nondescript uh, a regular season game. Nobody cares about it. And then because of playing too high, taking away the deep ball, taking away Tariq Hill's shot, taking away the big chunk plays, and then forcing Pat Mahomes to be a methodical quarterback and going all the way down the field, 10, 12 play drive rather than just three plays and a quick strike to Tariq Hill or Miko Hardman or whoever. And then you see that's exactly what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers employed in the Super Bowl. What do you know? Pat Mahomes doesn't even score a touchdown. Final score is what, 9 to 28? Pat Mahomes looked completely disheveled. Let the pass rush go ahead, do their thing, hunt for the quarterback. And we always know. What is Andy Reid, as great as an offensive mind as he's been all of his career, what is his one Achilles heel? He abandons the run game. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what his Achilles heel was in Philadelphia. That's why they struggled to get over the hump. Even though they were able to get to the Super Bowl, that's why they couldn't win the big one. You have to be able to run the ball in the playoffs, and that is something Andy Reid, he forgets to do. He is so enamored with the pass. So that's number two. And then you're just now seeing everybody Follow that blueprint. One of my good friends has always told me the NFL will catch up to you. Pat Mahomes, drafted in 2017, sits the entire year behind Alex Smith. 2018, boom, comes on like gangbusters. Throws, what, 50 touchdown passes or something like that. Wins the MVP, MVP award in his second season. His third year, they go and win the Super Bowl. And then his fourth year, they're in the Super Bowl again after the big 500 million, 450 million dollar contract extension or whatever it was that he signed. So that's what you're now starting to see. And because of that, teams are now taking away his right hand. They're making him play left handed. He now has to go all the way down the field, willing to throw the check down, throw the underneath passes, things like that. And I'll go ahead and say this. And it's so consequently that it was his Super Bowl opponent outside of tom brady that's why he's outpacing everybody at 45 years old tom brady's the only quarterback who consistently is perfectly fine with a 10 play drive three of them run seven of them pass and of the seven passes five or six of them are to the running back out in the flat underneath and just let them go ahead and make somebody miss, pick up the first down, and then just continue to march down the field. Most other quarterbacks, what do they want to do? They want to show off their arm because, you know, they got a cannon for an arm. They want to show off to 80,000 people, hey, look how big and strong my arm is. Look how fast my fastball is. And that's where you tend to get in trouble. And now teams are, are, teams are forcing Pat Mahomes to play methodical football that's not what he's used to and that's why you're starting to see him struggle or should i say not play as good as he has in the 18 19 and 20. yeah we talked to uh, danon Hughes, who played for the chiefs and is now their uh, color voice and he was pointing out the you know the other thing that the raiders started last year is splitting out the defensive ends real wide so you couldn't get any help at all with any sort of uh, you know chipping action and max crosby was the guy who made that easy and the other one is joe valeria we talked to him a former chief and he was saying you know a lot of teams are forcing mahomes to go to his left often and he's not as comfortable going to his left as going to his right so i mean this plays again perfectly into what the raiders want to do on the edge if you know you got you got crosby rushing and then forcing him to Ngakwe's side and those guys are split out uh, those tackles are on an island for the chiefs 
Absolutely. I mean, when you look back and you see how certain teams play a Lamar Jackson, how certain teams play a Michael Vick, or just how certain teams play mobile quarterbacks. I remember way back in 2011, Rob Ryan, he would always teach us certain quarterbacks, you want to blitz them from up the middle and force them out of the pocket, like the Tom Brady's of the world, the Peyton Manning's of the world, the Phillip Rivers of the world. But the guys like an Aaron Rodgers, the guys like Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, who actually are able to go ahead and be deadly when they're mobile outside the pocket things like that you want to make sure that you maintain your rush lanes you maintain gap integrity to keep them inside the pocket and for like a pat mahomes force him to his left where he's not as accurate where he's not as deadly because then he has to pretty much kind of like throw from a sidearm type of position or across his body so you have to find ways to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable and when you go ahead and you add in how you're keeping two safeties deep and you're taking away that home run type of a hit you're taking that away it's going to cause him to now have to be more pedestrian and a lot of these young these young firearm quarterbacks they don't want to be pedestrians they want to be out there in the lamborghini the ferrari the car that goes really really fast things like that so that's how you have to play a lot of these guys and tampa bay is the one that put the blueprint on a mag on a magnificent scale but the Las Vegas Raiders are the one who actually created the outline. Stanford, did you think that Derek Carr looked a little tentative last week, maybe from the, you know, the emotional toll of the week with Ruggs and also the fact that Ruggs wasn't around to rip the top off the defense because he, he didn't throw downfield nearly as much as he had to open the season? Uh, maybe that, that might have something to do with it, but because he is a NFL quarterback, because he's a starting franchise quarterback, because he makes 20 some odd million dollars a year, I cannot give him that pass. Because you see Tom Brady, you see Aaron Rodgers, they go through a plethora of different receivers, having certain guys out, and they are able to still go ahead and make their team, prevail their team to victory. So I can't give him that pass. Uh, I would also go ahead and say that the Giants almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs the Monday night right before. So the New York Giants, even though their record does not dictate this, but the New York Giants, they got a little bit of a, of a squad they can play a little defense pro bowl corner in uh bradbury obviously you can see mckinney in the back end had what two interceptions against uh Derek carr on sunday afternoon and the last one that one to me was just the most egregious because Derek carr wants to pump fake and then go the same direction that he's pump faking and you're seeing the free safety back there for the new york giants he is literally thinking like wow i can't believe this guy is really about to throw this ball <laughs> and him picking that pass off pretty much thwarted all possibilities of them being able to go ahead come back and get into the game and tie it up so maybe that might have had a little bit to do with it uh the uh the departure of a henry rook so he does not have his deep threat but if you're a franchise quarterback that's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you're a franchise quarterback, because I expect you to still find a way to, okay, you know what? Somebody's taking away your right arm. Now, you know what? Let's go ahead and play left-handed, shoot some left-handed jump shots, something like that. You have to be able to find a way to still get through if you're a franchise guy. Now, they got Deshaun Jackson now in the mix. Hopefully, he's going to go ahead and be able to pay big dividends down the stretch, and it'll start Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Hopefully, that's the case. But if you're, a, if you, if you're the franchise guy, I cannot allow you to have that pass or that excuse. You got to find a way to go ahead and still get it done. Stanford, I got to run this one by you. Uh, something 
came up again last week that freaking drove me nuts last year, man. I don't like short field goals. I don't like not going for it on fourth and third down and being aggressive. Stay away from short field goals. Score touchdowns in this league. And Basaccia fell into what Gruden did many times last year. And I got to say this about Rich Basaccia. He has a chance to get this job. But you know what his chance is? A winning season and making the playoffs. If Absolutely. I'm, if I'm Basaccia... Can I approach this thing? You know, I mean, don't, you don't have to go for it on fourth and ten, right? But can I approach this thing like in the back of my mind? If I'm going to get this job, I got to go for broke. And should that mean that Passaccia on third and fourth down is thinking going for it all the time and not going for short field goals? I would not say that that's something that's a blanket statement of you have to always go for it or you have to always kick the field goal. I think that you got to go ahead and you have to look at the team. You got to look at the situation, feel the energy, feel exactly the flow of the game. Do you feel like you have the momentum? Do you feel like the offensive line is getting a good push against the defensive line that they're going against? Do you feel like Josh Jacobs is going to be able to plow through there on a fourth and three or a fourth and two or something like that? Do you feel like Darren Waller is going to be able to go ahead and out maneuver his linebacker or his safety or his corner whoever is guarding him do you trust Edwards do you trust Jones do you trust all of those guys I think that you got to just play it by ear you got to go by the flow of the game see exactly what's going on with the momentum things like that but to your point Steve it is the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. When you go to Las Vegas and you hit the crap table or the blackjack table <laughs> or the poker table you got to be in it to win it Sometimes you got to take chances. So I do understand what you're saying. I wouldn't say that's a blanket statement of you got to always go for it, but I do believe you have to be more on the aggressive side of the pendulum rather than the timid side. Stanford, you're awesome. Uh, I know you had a little extra time today, so I'm glad you could join us and uh, update people here. I know you've been coaching the high school football team all year. So where are the guys right now? You got a bye week? Yes, right now we finished the regular season at eight and two. We earned a first round bye. So next week we have a game against either Concordia Lutheran, which is on the north side of Houston, Texas, or Dallas Bishop Lynch. Obviously, it's a private school in the Dallas area. And whoever wins that game, we will play the winner of them next Saturday afternoon. So uh, it was a good year for us. We got the first round bye. Nice. And now it is time to go ahead, lock in, focus, <laughs> and see if we can go ahead and put together three straight victories to go ahead and bring home this state title. Hopefully we can. Yeah, I hope you guys can do it. Thanks, Stanford. All right. You guys be good. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Stanford. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Stanford route Raiders insider played for the Oakland Raiders and for the Chiefs, but it sounds like he's pushing for the Raiders in this one. Sunday Night Football going down right here in Las Vegas. Five o'clock hours on the way. Big five will hit on some of the big news around the Chiefs and Raiders game and also away from the organization. John Gruden actually is going to do it. He is going to do it. In Nevada District Court, he is suing the NFL. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Eso es fumble. Y ahora regreso a la 45, a la 40, a la 35, a la 30, a la 25. Viene el bloqueo. Sigue encontrando el cuerpo a la 10, a la 5. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Pretty good call. Pretty good call. Uh, Dolphins, Spanish radio. Dolphins win last night. 
that could be the upset of the week. Although I have a feeling there's going to be more upsets this weekend. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Ravens lose. Eh, the week started off in crappy fashion because the Steelers actually won uh, partially because of some of the nonsense with Tony Carrente and his styling and profiling out there. Woo! Hip checking a player and then throwing. Let's put it the right way. Throwing a flag for taunting, but taunting while doing so. Taunting the taunter. Sure, but he didn't hip check. Yes, he did. No, it you're was a, you're a no. fool if you. No. It wasn't a. It wasn't Is there a, anyone in the world that wants more to blame officials for those things? Nah, you're, you're taking than the other me? side for some. I don't get it because he hip checked him. No, he did not hip check him. Yes. If you watch, uh, listen, I watched because I wanted so badly to just roast him and say he needs to be fired. I watched it when what's his what's his name doofus started running uh the taunting doofus which by the way it was, Marsh. it was taunting uh oh, when he starts when he starts running he doing was a billionaire cut by the team doing, doing so the billionaire was, strut so when he starts running he takes a false step to the right as he starts running because his head was turned and as he takes the step to turn back God, you're breaking it down too too intensely it's a it's an official in the nfl out of control it's not what it was. I, I wish a, i wish that's what send it was. him a message and and then held it up like he was shooting a tray from now that 30, he did 30, 31 feet and that was obnoxious oh. but the hip check did not happen uh mike mayock was on the road last night he was in pittsburgh mm, so um, that's not unusual he could certainly be scouting pittsburgh and north carolina were playing um, I don't know that uh, the Raiders are in the market for quarterback. Uh, that said, I don't know that Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett will go before the second, third, or fourth round. I mean, I, I don't know if any of these quarterbacks are going in the first round. Um, but anyway, what do you hear about Mayock from people you talk to around the league? Because I see, I see so many people outside the market who are like, he's gone next. And I, I want to get to the bottom of this and find out, like, in the end, who was – Doing the real GMing. Yeah. Like, who was making these picks? Who picked Arnett? Who picked Ruggs? Who made some other weird picks? Who's insistent on taking guys 30, 40 spots in front of where most of the projections are? Was that Mayock or was it mostly Gruden? Well, and I don't know what's better. Honestly, if it was if it was Mayock, then clearly you just need to fire him. I mean, that's, that's okay. You made these picks. They Not only were they not really picks that worked out, but they were also they ended up being problems off the field. And Ruggs is a different situation because, by all accounts, there had never been any indication uh, that there could be an issue there. But with with Arnett, yes. Um, and so if it's him, then gone. If it's not him, then what has he been doing? <laughs> like, have, have you earned a job if you haven't done anything? So I don't know which is I don't know which is better or worse for him. Well, I mean, Mark Davis is going to get a good idea of who was making the picks, and you know, because you have to know in an organization like who. Who was really in favor of the picks? So, like, if it broke down where it was like, you know, Gruden loved all these first-round guys and that was his decision, and then it was Mayock and the personnel team, you know, their inside knowledge that grabs you, you know, Max Crosby right. and Hunter Renfro and value guys, but I don't know how it breaks down. Well, that's uh, the only – we ever find that out? The only redeeming thing for Mayock could be, yeah. hey, look, John had those guys. John had John had Ruggs, Arnett, he had these other guys. I had I had Crosby – I had, if you say I made all the good picks, he made all the bad picks. Could this also be a redeeming thing, though? What if, what if he was the driving force along with Gus Bradley to bring in all these veterans who, for the most part, sure. and we're not just talking about the the higher profile guys that you know about, you know KJ Wright and especially Denzel Perriman and Casey Hayward. We're talking about the 
seemingly 17 deep defensive line now. Sure. Where it's just like guys keep going down and guys step up and it's like, well, they, they filled that gap pretty well they, for a game or two. They did a really good job. They did, and, and Hayward, as, as you said, I mean, they did a really good job rebuilding the defense. I, I think there's no question about that. They've done it. They've had, they've have a solid team right now. However, they got here, they have a pretty solid football team. And, and I think that that needs to be taken into consideration. I, I don't think, I don't know if any of this is going to weigh into whether he is the GM or not. I think really it's more of a case of, where does Mark Davis sit in terms of this administration? Is it they all need to go? Like it, it was, it was all Gruden. Gruden brought all these guys in. They're all too close to him. They need to go because not only is Gruden gone, but also the issues that have happened off the field. We just need a clean house. Or is it, hey, he's done a good job for us. He's been loyal. He's 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 constructed this, and we don't want to hold Gruden and the rest of these players' sins against him. And that's the decision that has to be made. I don't think it's going to have really much to do with football at all. I think it's what Mark Davis wants for his organization going forward is going to determine whether Mayock is there. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Let's continue breaking down the uh, Chiefs in town against your Las Vegas Raiders, uh, two guys who played for the Chiefs. One is actually on the broadcast, Dana News and Mark McMillan. We talked to him just a little while ago, and we uh, started off the conversation talking about uh, Pat Mahomes clearly has had a down year by his standards, but maybe it's not just the offense that has uh, failed Mahomes around him, but maybe the, the defense not causing as many turnovers as they have in the past and putting them in good field position. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And if you look back, this is a complimentary game. Offense has to complement defense. Defense has to complement special teams. It's a, it's that circle. And the defense had not created turnovers. And no matter how much they were getting gashed in the past couple of years where teams were – I mean, this team was 19th in the NFL in defense last year. So it wasn't like they were gangbusters then. Uh, but what they were able to do was come up with a key turnover or two to flip the field, put the other team on their heel. Patrick was able to, to, to kind of make his magic. This year, that's not happening. I mean, last week, I believe we had three turnovers. Uh, or three, yeah. We caused three fumbles, and, uh, and yet we were still in a fight. Until the end, you know, <laughs> so the complementary aspect of this team, offense feeding off of defense, defense feeding off of offense just hasn't clicked yet. And, and you know, to me, that's been a, a rough, rough road because normally when we've seen Patrick Mahomes, he's put teams on their heels defensively. And then when the other team came on offense, they tried to keep up with Patrick and they would throw the ball to us or they would, we would get a, a, a key sack or a strip. Yeah. And that's not happening this year. We only have created 10 turnovers, only created 10 turnovers in nine games. Um, that's unheard of for a Chiefs yeah. team. You go back to me, me and you playing together with Marty Scheinheimer. I yeah. mean, it was almost a given that we were going to get at least two turnovers a game. And, and, and uh, uh, it's right in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Offense and defense side of the ball. You know, you, you know, you had T. Rich. You know, it, it was not just on the defensive side of the ball, but they had to worry about that on the on the uh on the offensive side of the ball as well, because uh whether it's a run play, 
I feel yeah. sorry for the DBs. I used to see you drive away <laughs> to the Gatorade bucket. I was like, man, once you get your hands on them, it's a wrap. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, now these guys are patting each other on the butt, you know, exchanging jerseys, hugging each other, high-fiving. The guy beats a guy for a 20-yard uh, a pass, and the guy just gets up and be like, okay, good play. Man, he's preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. Nothing makes me more nauseous than seeing that (laughs) on the football field. That's just Uh way outside of my comfort. That's way outside of my comfort level. Yeah, I I will give Tyrone Math, uh, the Honey Badger, uh, a lot of credit. You know, obviously, you know, he's been battling the fans and, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm sure he's frustrated the way the defense is playing. But he's given 100 percent. You know, he's still out there trying to fight guys. He's getting in guys' faces. And, you know, the whole secondary needs to kind of mirror that because if, yeah. if the offense is going to score points, if you yeah. just limit the guys to maybe, you know, 17 points, you're going to be in every ball game because Pat is that kind of guy. But it, it's just like seven on seven out there. I'm like, Steve, yeah. I think Steve can go out there and play, you know, cover two for us. <laughs> hey, I, I, I will say that in a few games this, this year, We've seen the team be a little less aggressive. Uh, they haven't really shown that dog mentality early on, but it's starting to come along. And I want to say, there's a, there, and I've said it for the last couple of weeks, there's a little bit of a paradigm shift going on the leadership on this defense. Yeah. Because we got two young dogs at that linebacker position, yeah. Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton. And when you talk, about, you talk about leadership at the defensive position or defensive uh, uh, personnel, it's always key to have a linebacker that can go out there and be that kind of dog. And we got two of them. One's a rookie, one's a second-year guy that I think you're going to be hearing a lot of noise about in this game as well as the rest of the season. And it's taken some pressure off of the Honey Badger. It's Mm -hmm. taken some pressure off of Juan Thornhill. It's allowed us to be a little bit more creative in our blitzes and our approaches. And it's freeing up Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Those guys have really come along a little stronger the last couple of games. And I think it's because of the emergence of those two young dogs at linebacker. It's Cofield coming in Friday. Mark McMillan is with us. His buddy, Danny Hughes, former chief. They're both former chiefs, uh, is with us. He's one of the voices of the Chiefs on radio. So tell me, where do the Chiefs believe the Raiders are dangerous? Because the Raiders gave them uh, a hell of a test last year. Really, you know, some of the only two tests they had, they wound up splitting with them. So where where do you believe the Raiders are dangerous? Well, I, I think the Raiders were the first team to kind of show a little bit of a weakness or the kink in the armor of the Chiefs. Last year, they came to Arrowhead, and they specifically with their four-man rush, and Mac, you obviously know defense way better than me, but their four-man rush, they lined their guys up outside, one of them being Max Crosby last year. Then they had Cleveland Farrell inside, but they lined them out extra wide. And they basically said, my guy can beat your tackle. My speed where Crosby can beat your tackle on the outside. Carl Nassib was out there as well. And they lined them up so wide that you couldn't help. There wasn't a chip. There wasn't any yeah. kind of help you would give them. And they basically ran around that that hump to get to, to pressure from the outside in on Patrick Mahomes. So to answer your question, because they showed that, 
That's the exact defense that you saw from the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. That's the exact defense you've seen from the Bills this year when they came into Arrowhead and beat us. That's the exact same defense that the Chargers showed with Joey Bosa. Wide nine technique guys running outside and constricting the pocket and basically forcing Patrick to escape left or right. He's not comfortable in the pocket because those guys are squeezing from the outside. So you're, to answer your question, I think that's where I'm going to be watching. It's going to be those guys up front. Crosby, he leads the team, the league in in rushes and pressures yeah. on opposing quarterbacks. And so I think that's the battle that where the game is going to be won or lost. Yeah, Crosby, you know, we've been talking about him every week, it seems like, on our segment. Um, he was having a monster year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what he's overcome, um, what he's doing now with his life, and the, the way he plays the game is – it's kind of like a, a throwback. It's almost like that Raider, you know, mentality that he he takes yeah. on his shoulder. You know, he talks trash. He doesn't back down for anybody. Um, he'll he'll punch a guy. He'll grab a guy. And you know, it, it's going to be pretty interesting to see um, how uh, uh, how he fares this week. But like I said, every week he's doing something, causing havoc in the backfield. And you know, he, he's he, you know, you can very much say he's one of the leaders for defensive MVP of just his short oh, yeah. presence on the defensive side of the ball. It may not have all the sacks as a Bosa and those guys do, but as far as quarterback pressures and hurries, I guarantee you in the secondary room, his name is brought up a lot because he's allowed those young defensive backs. Uh, You know, Abram probably really benefits from him. You know, he was getting beat a lot over the last couple of years, being aggressive. Now the quarterback doesn't have that much time to set up and really survey the field because Crosby is in that backfield, man. Like, whoo-wee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Abram, he, if you look back at the win that the Chiefs had last year out, at, out in Las Vegas, it was because Abram came up, he, he bit up towards the line of scrimmage, yeah. and Travis Kelsey got over top of him yeah. and, got, and, and scored that go-ahead touchdown. He's an aggressive safety. He's kind of a throwback guy, too. He reminds me of the, some of the safeties that we played against in the AFC West back in the day. He's not as big. Mm-hmm. As you know, the Eddie Robinsons and the, and the Atwaters and all and all those guys, but he's as aggressive towards the yeah. line of scrimmage, and that's what the Chiefs wanted to exploit last year. Is that aggression? Now, if he's got that comfort in his pass rush, now he can sit back a little bit and then break up for the ball instead of trying to jump the ball and getting beat over the top. So it's all about a growing process. I could tell that Crosby and Abram were going to be dominant figures defensively that we were going to have to, we were going to have to, uh, you know, be reckoned with regards to playing them twice a year. Also Cleveland Farrell being one of those guys also like we knew we were going to have our hands full. It's just a matter of being able to execute. And I think the chiefs are growing in confidence that they can execute without making some of the mistakes that they made that got them to this point at five and four. What is the vibe? I know, you know, it's a, it's a rivalry. Um, you know, obviously things that kind of died down a little bit, but I think this young Raider team with some of the veterans that they got on their team, I think those guys are kind of ramping that, that, that kind of, you know, that little vibe as well. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, John's not there anywhere anymore to poke that, to poke that bear. But I think mm-hmm. the players kind of really feel um, that rivalry as this is a, this is a game that you, you love to play in, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's going to be on the national stage. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, this is a must win for those guys, you know, especially it's going to be a hostile environment. Um, you know, the team has been going through a lot. It's good for those guys to be able to be home, kind of settle down to get a little bit of normalcy. 
And the Chiefs, you know, they got to come out fast and try to take advantage of that uh, like the New York Giants did last week. Yeah, I think it's interesting because if I'm not mistaken, this is the first AFC West matchup in Las Vegas where the fans are in tow. They've played AFC West teams this year, but they've played them on the road. So this is the first time against the hated Chiefs coming to town on Sunday night football to play in that stadium. So everything, like you said, is going to be amped up times 10. Uh, the fact that you're the only game on yeah. throughout, you know, throughout the country on Sunday night football, and you're coming against two, the, the, the defending Super Bowl, win, uh, Super Bowl winning champ, Super Bowl MVP, second time into a Super Bowl, um, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And, and I have to believe with all the turmoil that's gone on around the Raiders uh, program and organization, you know, with, with Henry Ruggs III and Damon Arnett and John Gruden, as you mentioned, yeah. you've been in that locker room. I've been in that kind of locker room where you feel like it's us against the world. Yeah. Like we got to, we got to have our brothers back. We got everybody together. Like er nobody believes in us. Everybody thinks we're a joke. Everybody thinks that we undisciplined and, yeah. you know, run amok and all that stuff. It's got to be about us. And I think that's, what's been very impressive about Derek Carr yeah. and his, his, his press conferences. Some of the things he's saying, how they're still going out outside of losing to the giants last week, but still going out and winning. It tells you a lot about the makeup and that leadership. And if they can keep it together and they keep that attitude, like us against the world, nobody, you know, everybody hates us. They keep that attitude. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in, in late December and early January. He's one of the voices of the Chiefs. Former Chief Danny News is with uh, Mark McMillan and Steve Cofield here. Friday edition of Cofield and Company. Good conversation. Appreciate the hookup. We'll talk to you soon. I right, appreciate you. Mark McMillan and Dana News both played for the Chiefs as we get ready for the Chiefs in town against your Las Vegas Raiders. Let's do another giveaway after party after 8 o'clock. It goes down following the LVR KC game right across the street. Crazy Horse 3, Fox Sports Radio and Greg Salerno are going to be on the scene. We're going to hook you up right now. Two more VIP tables. Call our 6 and 7, 364-1100. You get free entry for you and your pals. A table and a bucket. And then you get to hang out with dozens of beautiful women. They've got a great kitchen for post-game eats at Crazy Horse 3 and drink specials throughout the night. Ari's going to hook you up, VIP treatment. You get a table. Your friends are in with you. And it's right across the street from the stadium, 364-1100, 364-1100. If you don't get one of the VIP packages, listen, folks, if you have a ticket to the game, following the game, you just walk across the street and you are in to Crazy Horse 3 for the best after party in town after our hometown football games. Stick around. Cofield & Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios.